Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. I am recording this on the day after Labor Day weekend. It's Tuesday today, and I'm feeling all sorts of things. One, feeling like this is a new beginning because it's a new moon today, or rather it was a new moon yesterday in Virgo, and we're also embarking on a new season. So here in the Northern Hemisphere on the East Coast, then it's fall. And it seemed like I just snapped my fingers and summer ended. It's so crazy how time passes. And I was thinking about how now we're entering the final stretch of the year. And before we know it, it'll be 2022, which feels so wild because I feel like I'm still just getting used to writing the year 2021 when I write the date in my notebook. Anyway, this is all to say that This is a time that I've been thinking a lot about new beginnings, about my dreams for the future, and also about the completion of a couple of really, really big things that I've been working on for a while. The first is my book proposal. So this is very exciting. I did not record an episode last week because I was very busy sending out my book proposal to a bunch of agents. For those of you who don't know how the publishing world works, I'll give you just 30 seconds on the process because it's contextually important. And for those of you who don't care, feel free to completely fast forward through the section. But essentially, the way it works for a nonfiction writer to get a book published is you don't have to write the whole thing. You essentially write what's called a book proposal, which is like anywhere between, I don't know, 15 to 40 pages. And every proposal covers a few of the same key things. You're sending this proposal to a bunch of agents. So agents are the people who are going to then take your proposal and sell it to book publishers. And in this proposal, you want to tell them what your book's about and why it's going to sell. So you write an overview of your book, you include a bio about yourself, you present a detailed table of contents outlining everything that you're going to write about, and you also create a marketing plan. So this is you talking about how you're going to get it out into the world, who your audience is, how big your current audience is, who you think will buy the book, et cetera, et cetera. And then you also compare your book to other books that have been published in the past. And you say, hey, these books did really well. This is how my book is similar. And this is how it's different. And then finally, the bulk of the proposal are your sample chapters. So you actually write out a few chapters, about 10% of the book. That's it. That's your proposal. So the whole thing took me kind of from beginning to end, it's say about two months to write. And that's in between my other work. So I am a coach during the day (laughs) that it takes up about 40 hours of the week. So I was writing this book proposal in the mornings before I started coaching in between sessions during the day and at night and on the weekends. So just sneaking it in where I could and took about two months, but it actually took me over a year to get to where I am today. 
because I don't have a background in writing. I actually started on this endeavor over a year ago in last May, yeah, May of 2020. And I started writing a book proposal for a different book. And this is a book that was much more memoir than the self-help book that I'm writing right now. And I spent about two, three months working on it, sent it out to a couple agents and they gave me the feedback that it just wasn't strong enough. And I really thought they were right. It felt true intuitively in my system that I needed to dedicate myself more to the craft of writing because it's something that people spend years and years and years studying and practicing and gaining experience in. And here I was a novice assuming that I could have a banging book proposal in just three months of writing it. So I went back to the drawing board. I took a couple of writing classes that I think were maybe eight to 10 weeks long each. I read over a dozen books on writing and I just practiced. I really got my hours in and I wrote hundreds and hundreds of pages that I actually wound up throwing out. And I had three different ideas for this book. The first was more of a memoir. The second was more of like an illustrated Instagram inspired book that was much more of an art book than an actual book book. And then finally I landed on this concept, which I really, really love so much and has been flowing out of me. And it's a self-help business book called How to Go For It. And it essentially serves as a business coach in a book. So doing what I do for my clients, but giving access to everyone, no matter whether or not they can afford executive coaching to have the guidance, the wisdom, and the support of an executive coach to help them go for whatever it is that they want in the world. So I've been working on this proposal. It's just been flowing so well. I've been so excited about it. And finally, last week, I was able to achieve a conclusion of sorts by sending it out to agents. And essentially what you do is you research agents who you think would be a fit for your book, who have sold your type of book before, who have the connections and the knowledge to do that and have had success working with authors who are in the same genre or doing a similar type of mission that you are. So you use this website called publisher's marketplace and you just research and on this website you can see every single book deal that's ever 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 been done you see who bought it you know who who the editor is who bought it you see the agent who sold the book you see the author who wrote it and then you also see roughly how much the book sold for so it's a very very cool tool and identified a list of 12 agents who I wanted to reach out to based on what they've done in the past. And on Monday night, I sent it out to all of them. So this is Monday, a week ago. And it felt so cathartic and so wonderful and really terrifying to have this thing that I've been working on behind the scenes. Just me in my little office, typing away in the dark. And I was putting it out there in the world to be evaluated and judged by strangers. The whole thing was really, really terrifying, but also incredibly cathartic to at least create my own personal marker of accomplishment that I had done it. I had gotten this book proposal to where I wanted to be. And 
it's long, you know, it's a lot of writing. I think the whole thing is like 35 pages of writing. And it's also a lot of thinking. It's a lot of conceptualizing, a lot of organizing, because even though you haven't written the whole book, this book proposal is essentially your blueprint to be able to go and write the whole thing in a matter of months. So it was out there in the world. And very quickly, I started hearing back from agents, which was very, very exciting because oftentimes when you're reaching out to these agents, it's not to their personal email. I mean, this is like 90% of the time you're writing to some generic inbox that's like submissions at blah, blah, blah.com. It's kind of like when you're applying for jobs and you hit the submit button and you just think, wow, this thing that I poured my heart and soul into is literally going into a black hole. And I don't know if anyone's ever going to see it. And honestly, I think a lot of book proposals get sent to spam. In the industry, they're called queries. So you query an agent by sending them query letter that says who you are, what you're about, and then you ask them if they want to see the book proposal, if they're interested. And most of the time, these agents are getting thousands and thousands and thousands of queries every year. They're getting hundreds, if not thousands, every month. So many of them have an automatic note that says something like, hey, if you don't hear back from me in three weeks, consider that I've passed on your project. So that's the volume and the anonymity and the arm's length distance of what we're talking about in terms of this process. So I did it. I sent everything into this black box. And within 24 hours, I had heard back from three agents who asked me to see the proposal. And within that same 24 hours, then two of those agents asked me to do what are called R&Rs, which is revise and resubmit. So essentially the agent will give you some feedback and some notes on what they think could make your book more sellable. And they'll see if you are actually able to take that feedback, incorporate it, and to improve your proposal. And if you are, then they'll have a conversation with you and maybe take you on as a client. So I was feeling pretty good. I was feeling very encouraged by the fact that it was still a summer week where a lot of people were on vacation, but I had heard back from three people. And then a few days later, I heard from another person. So four out of my 12 or four out of my 11 people had responded and two of them I was doing revisions for. So I felt very, very, very encouraged. And I spent all this past weekend working on those revisions. So fast forward to why I'm telling the story, because I promise you I'm getting to a lesson to a point here. I woke up this morning, Tuesday morning, and one of the agents wrote me back this very direct and pretty negative email. Okay, so remember now that I've been communicating back and forth with this guy, probably, I don't know, five or six email exchanges, and he's never once written, hi, Liz, or you know any sort of greeting salutation. He always just jumps into whatever it is he's saying. And he wrote this to my revisions. This still doesn't have a clear, unique, compelling, quote unquote, brandable framework. This doesn't have any unique selling proposition. By definition, a book can't be identical to your one-on-one coaching because you aren't in the room having an interactive conversation with the reader. It's the difference between a restaurant meal and a cookbook. This doesn't feel fully baked. Take three months, develop a catchy, clear, unique, interesting, compelling, brandable framework, a full curriculum, as if you were going to teach a broadcast only online eight to 10 episode course, and then come back to me with what will be a fundamentally different proposal. 
Other agents may disagree, so please do query widely. So I read this and he wrote a couple other things too that I was kind of annoyed at, but basically I read this and I felt so annoyed and so sad and so upset and so angry. And my mind initially went to fear. I started thinking, whoa, what if I'm totally off here? What if no one likes this book? What if I never sell this book? What if this dream that I have and this vision that I have for the world never comes true? Then I thought to myself, well, I really don't think this guy knows what he's talking about. So initially, like in the beginning of our conversation, he had given me some notes that I thought were actually pretty good. And so I had incorporated those. But in this particular email of what he's saying, I fundamentally disagree with some of the points that he makes. But then I said to myself, Liz, well, what if you actually do need to go back to him in three months because no one else has wanted to represent your book? And so I started feeling really powerless and very scared and suddenly felt like I had lost so much confidence in myself because this one person, this total stranger doesn't get what I'm doing with my book. And I took a long walk back from my doctor's appointment and I kept thinking about it. I kept trying to pull myself out of this funk that I was in and reminding myself that I was in a great position. I still have three other agents reading my proposal right now and two of them are really, really excited about it. And it's only been a week, you know, there's still be maybe way more people who respond back to me and there are still more agents to query. So I kept trying to remind myself, Hey, don't worry about this feedback. It's not too bad. Don't worry about it, but it still stuck with me. And so I decided to keep thinking about it. And what I realized is the reason why this feedback was getting to me was because I had let this person's negativity impact the confidence and the belief that I have in myself. And that's the key. We all should get feedback. We all should continue to learn and improve, but we should never, ever, ever let that feedback make us believe that we are not worth it, that we cannot do it, and we are not worthy. And that's what happened. I let this person, a complete stranger, impact me so much that I was starting to doubt myself and doubt whether or not I am worthy of having this book in the world. And it's a funny thing because it's very unlike me to do that. I generally don't care at all what other people think ever. If I'm at a party or at a dinner party, I never wonder, oh, are these people going to like me? I'm just like, whatever, I'm myself, take it or leave it. And I really feel that way with work as well, where basically the way it works is if I'm talking to someone who's interested in coaching, we do a sample coaching session where I pretend that I'm their coach for an hour and treat that session as if they are my client. And at the end of it, they decide whether or not they want to work with me. It's also a moment for me to decide whether or not I want to work with them too. But generally it's really more the balls in their court. If someone who I've done a sample coaching session with says, no, you know what, Liz, you know, you're not a right fit for me. I generally do not care, even though it's a lot of money every month that I'd be adding to my income. And sometimes there are people who I think are pretty great who don't want to work with me, but I literally am never offended. I just think, you know, different strokes for different folks. Every lid has a pot, right? Or every pot has a lid. And 
personality wise, I'm, I'm not going to mesh with everyone. A coach is such a deeply personal decision where chemistry is involved and we can't explain chemistry. So I never sweat it. I'm, I never get upset or sad or regretful or wish that I had done anything different. I just think, well, it wasn't meant to be, but for some reason I was not able to do that when I got this message from this agent. I had to remind myself that that's what I needed to do in the moment. I had to reclaim my power. And when I started to step back into my power again, I realized that I don't want to work with this person anyway. A huge part of my book is about wanting to create new role models in self-help. So this book is about achieving your dreams. And the majority of the stories and the anecdotes and the quotes that I have in the book of inspirational people are people of color. This was really important to me because as you guys know, I love, love, love reading self-help books. And the majority of the heroes that most self-help books feature are all old dead white guys like Benjamin Franklin and Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Carnegie. And to me, I'd always read these books and think that this person has nothing to do with who I am. Where are the immigrants? Where are the activists? Where are the people who grew up really, really poor and had a hard time? Where are the people of color? Where are the people who don't feel like they belong, who haven't been represented? And so that is a huge, huge part of what I'm doing in this book. And I'm very, very clear about it in my book proposal. And this guy never even once acknowledged that that is what I'm doing. He's basically saying that I don't have a differentiated message, that my message is, you know, pretty commonplace. And I kind of agree. You know, my message is saying that everyone deserves to go for it, to go for their dreams, and I'm going to help you figure out how to do it. But what I'm saying is that it's unique because it comes from me. Because I am the daughter of a single immigrant mom who grew up in government subsidized housing, who really had a different ability to go for it than other people did. And the people who I feature in my book are going to be very, very different from the people that we usually see in self-help. That is actually the cornerstone of my book. And I knew that he didn't get it. You know, this particular agent is like probably a 65 year old white guy. And, you know, I could just tell that he wasn't vibing or resonating with this main point of my book. So this is what I wrote back to him. Thank you for taking the time to read and for your feedback. I agree with some of what you said, but I also think you're missing the larger cultural point to this book that my audience loves and other agents I've queried have picked up on. Given my platform, I have a strong pulse on what readers in 2021 want, so we'll have to respectfully disagree with you about what is brandable and sellable. So I thought it was a really nice, polite email that I wrote. It also definitively burns this bridge and this ability to go back to him in three months and to resubmit proposal. But I felt so good after I wrote this. I don't care. I don't want to work with this person because he doesn't get me. And so then what I did after that was I made a list of what I want my dream agent to have. And I hadn't done that because I was so busy hoping that someone, anyone, just anyone would pick me, choose me, say that I was okay, give me reinforcement, that I totally forgot that I am in a driver's seat too, that I'm in a buying position to choose my agent, and that I need to get clear for myself what it is that I want in my agent. I don't want to be the type of person who just settles for whatever and says, okay, 
anyone, anyone who's willing to represent me, I'm fine with that. I'll just be grateful for a single person to deign to find the time to rep my book. No, I had to get myself out of that mindset. So I made this list and these are the four things I am looking for in my dream agent. First off, I want my dream agent to sincerely believe in inclusion, equality, and representation and has made that a driving force behind their work and the books they choose to represent. Two, my dream agent understands the big picture of my book and knows that it can be huge, a bestseller with a huge advance, etc. Three, my dream agent is scrappy, hungry, a hustler, while also maintaining a true abundance mindset. They say yes and instead of saying no. And lastly, number four, my dream agent supports and believes in my unique voice and helps me become even more powerful and effective than I am now. I immediately felt so, so much better after I wrote out the lists of what I was looking for in my dream agent. And it was because I remembered that I have agency and I have power in this situation too. And I had let myself forget that for a minute and completely outsourced my sense of self-worth and my sense of self-belief onto other people, complete strangers, and was just waiting for them to tell me that I'm okay and that my work is good. But really, I need to know that for myself. And this mindset really applies to everything, whether you're dating or you're going for a promotion at work or you're putting your art out there into the world for the first time. It's a really valuable reminder that I wanted to give you today to tell you that nothing can ever shake the fact that you deserve to be doing what you are doing. You will encounter negativity. You will encounter feedback. You will learn and grow from those things and celebrate them because they're making you better. But never, ever, ever let that negativity impact how much you believe in yourself So what I say to myself is, yes, you can reject me, but it will never change how much I believe in myself. I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to make changes, but my conviction in myself and my belief in my work is unshakable. Can you see how I made a very intentional mindset shift from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset? And this is something that we talked about in an earlier episode called something like are you stuck in scarcity mindset? So I want you to have a listen to that if you're interested in this topic. But the scarcity mindset said, Liz, this person doesn't like your book proposal. No one is ever going to like your book proposal. So you do not have a right to be picky and choosy because you're just going to have to take whatever you can manage to get. The abundance mindset says, Liz, don't worry, you've got this. There are so many other agents in the world and the right person, the person who is perfect for you, who will believe in you is already on their way to you right now. You may not have met them yet, but that person is coming and that person will be perfect because you shouldn't settle for any less. So think about it too when it comes to dating. If someone you like doesn't like you, don't worry about it. It doesn't mean that you're flawed or unlovable. It just means that they weren't right for you because the right person is going to be completely obsessed with you. I really want everyone here to think about what 
parts of your life you're feeling the most scared about, where you're feeling desperate, and to shift that into a more intentional abundance mindset. Because really, I felt that whole shift happening in my body where as soon as I sent off that email that stood up for myself, I felt all the tension roll out from my shoulders. I felt my heart open up. I felt my breath being able to be deeper. I let go of this worry and this fear and this anxious compulsion to do more, you know, to try to put more effort and energy in to prevent this thing from failing. When really all I need to do is just shift, step back. I don't need to work on this. I already have a lot of irons in the fire and just focus my efforts on doubling down on believing that what I want isn't only possible, but is actually happening and unfolding as we speak. So if you are currently interviewing for jobs or dating or putting content onto Instagram or TikTok and you feel out of control, like you feel like you're waiting for people to give you approval, to tell you that what you're doing is good, to pat you on the back, I want to remind you that you don't need anyone to do that. The only person who you need to care about is you. The only opinions that matter are your opinions. So if you like what you're doing and you think what you're putting out there into the world is great and positive, then that's all that matters. I really felt that way when I was just starting out with the reset Instagram account and I started making these charts and diagrams about self-help topics and we'd get like 500 likes on each one. Didn't have really any followers. I think we had under 10,000 followers at the time. And this was just a year ago and I didn't really care. I felt like as long as I liked what I was putting out there and it was genuine and true to who I really was, then that's all that matters. And I kept saying to myself, well, I'd rather be hated for who I am than liked for someone that I'm pretending to be. And I think I really just lost sight of that in this whole process because I just want it so, so badly. So it was just a really beautiful, helpful reminder for myself today to stay strong in my belief for myself and to know that even if I am waiting and I'm in a circumstance where I'm waiting for the approval of someone else, then I still have power. I still have agency. I still have choice in the matter too. And it's really helped me shift from this victim mentality of, oh, I can't believe this guy doesn't like my work. Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. How dare he? Why doesn't he get with the program and see what's happening in 2021? Instead, I can shift out of that and not feel like a victim, but feel like I'm in control. And I can say, you know what? I'm going to make a list of criteria that I am looking for. And guess what? You don't fit my list either. I know the right person who does is on their way to me now. So that is the whole episode for today. If you are enjoying the podcast, which I know a lot of you are because I am so wonderfully getting DMs and emails from you saying that you're listening and that it's making a difference. If you like it, please, please, please review it on iTunes. It really matters. It somehow really dramatically impacts where we come up when you're searching for the category that we're in. So it really is meaningful. It really matters. If you could just take two seconds to rate it and review the podcast, that would be awesome. And it's a gentle reminder to all of you guys moving toward now into the fall season. Remember to listen to yourself, to love yourself, 
and to say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. Thank you and see you guys next week.